Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Welcome back. Our number two of Hardline here on News Radio 930 WBEN. Joe Beamer and Brenda Alacy with you until noon. That is when Governor Andrew Cuomo will be giving his daily briefing. And you can hear that live here on WBEN. Joining us for this segment is Jeff Faulkner from the YMCA. Jeff, good morning. Good morning. Uh, first off, uh, personal question. How have you been during this COVID-19 crisis? Oh, thank, thanks for asking. Uh, we're, we're doing well and the family's doing well, um, managing and keeping busy. And our, our kids are keeping busy despite uh, the, the lockdown. So, But we're doing well and all of us at the family of the Y actually are. Um, it's a great family to be working with. So, And Jeff, what is the YMCA doing during this coronavirus crisis? I know the clubs are closed, but is there any activity going on? Yes, actually, there's there's a lot of activity behind our our closed doors and our branches. Um, the number one uh, activity and very busy with is uh, emergency child care for uh, essential workers and staff. Um, we're serving over 200 kids, uh, children a day throughout Western New York, um, providing emergency child care, um, safe um, social distancing practices, but. We've got eight locations throughout Western New York uh, where um, essential workers can get safe and healthy uh, child care in both Erie and Niagara counties. Um, so it's uh, it's been a, a challenge to to uh, be able to provide that, but we've been we've been doing it since actually uh, this all started since about March 18th or so. So keeping the kids active and. Uh, and healthy and um, and well fed. And Jeff, uh, you know the the doors may be closed, certainly at your facilities around Buffalo and uh, Erie and Niagara counties, but uh, you can still connect through virtual YMCA, right? And it's not just on demand workouts, but it's educational tools and uh, different activities to try to keep everybody engaged and uh, and sane during these weird times. Is that correct? Yes, and and that that is a. a uh, a challenge, um, and we're happy to provide um, uh, a lot of these different activities. Are are besides the emergency childcare, the virtual Y programs, which are um, actually open to the public. We run about twenty different classes now, <clears throat> and our uh, instructors are very well in shape. They've been running uh, lots of classes, ranging from um, yoga to boot camp to cardio, kickboxing. I've 
tried to do a few of them and um, I need to do more of them to, to stay in shape. But uh, <laughs> on our page, ymcabuffaloniagara.org, we have a, a wide variety of activities, not just physical activities, which is important and important for mental health, but we've got other at-home fitness resources, um, workouts with less Mills, uh, what we call 12 birth activities, which are like mini activities with kids, which are um, for your family um, and other wellness resources in terms of uh, we've also had our wellness instructors doing uh, many cooking classes, eat well, be well. So some great recipes and then just general tips for families in terms of staying busy and occupied and, and different activities for, for children and adults. Um, which are actually uh, very useful and some good parent resources as well. So, but our virtual it really covers the the gamut, doesn't it, Jeff? And, and my question too is that you know you've got uh, locations all around the area. Do you get any government funding, or, or how has that worked into your your budget? Are you getting any government support? Um, well, we have been able to offer, uh, thankfully, like our emergency child care. Right now, um, we've been able to offer that. Um, and no expense to the people who who, who uh, signed up for it for the emergency child care part. And we have received um, in these times some other um, grants which have helped us continue to offer the programming and programs like our um, lunch program. <coughs> Sorry, <coughs> excuse me. We also offer a, a grab-and-go lunch program at our Lockport branch. So, um, But overall, we're... Uh, a non-for-profit and our biggest source of income is our our uh, membership which our our members have been throughout this time a huge source of support for us um, with the majority of them sticking with their membership even though they can't come to the the branch physically Um, that's been a a big uh, source of support um, both financially and um, mentally so and speaking of the members, so when the gyms finally do open, when the clubs finally reopen, which in this state is phase four, I think a lot of people have questions, what's that going to look like? You know, we see in other states, on Friday we had someone from a Montana gym talk about how they are closing every other machine, they're doing classes outside. Have you guys started taking a look at what working out or what going to the Y might look like once they reopen in this world of social distancing? Yes. And the health and wellness of our members and, and children in our care is a, is what we're, our first priority, but we are eager to um, open and reopen, but we've been working with um, our branches and uh, New York state Alliance and otherwise throughout the country in terms of specific opening plans and what that will look like. Um, and basically opening in different phases in terms of making what's available and what's available when, such as, as you mentioned, um, and this the why will look different when we reopen, but um, things like every other piece of equipment will probably not be available in terms of the wellness centers and um, indoor um, equipment um, capacity limits. Um, when pools open, we have hot tubs and saunas when those will open um, in phased stages and basically trying to maximize the the use of our facility and how best to serve the the most number of people in terms of offering health and wellness programming and um, child care and then possibly even um, summer camp. 
Yeah, Jeff, I, I was reading online earlier this week that uh, there's another there's a chain of gyms that will be requiring their members to make reservations for when they want to work out to keep that capacity down. Is that something the wise looking at? We're, we're looking at it, but that's um, we're not sure yet if, if we'll have to do that. Um, otherwise, facing this situation, have had um, reduced uh, demand in terms of people coming in, but we're looking at reservation systems for uh, coming into the gym or uh, coming and taking some of our, our classes. Um, but that's not definite yet, but we're, we're looking at those options as well. Jeff, uh, November seems like a long way off in, in many ways, uh, but we often think about the why in conjunction with the turkey trot. Any word on, uh, on that? Are you planning for that? Or, you know, have you even had discussions about the viability of the turkey trot this year? Yes. Yes. Um, funny you should mention that, or, or not so funny, but we are working on those plans and contingency plans as well in terms of um, being able to offer it, but it's uh, the longest continuous running foot race in, in the world, and we do uh, hope to be able to offer it um, this year in November, and we've been receiving inquiries already from people saying, when can I register? Um, we're looking at those options now in terms of what we uh, can offer, and we don't have specifics right now, but um, it's on our, our list, and we're eager to have some answers for that as well. But um, it'll run in some way, shape, or form because it, it hasn't stopped yet and we're, we're going to make sure it, it keeps running so but it, it's a you know jeff it's become such a buffalo tradition i think about that like with the disco and the turkey trot and you know all the wonderful things that are connected with that time of year it it, it must make you feel good especially during these unsettled times to know that people here it is mid-may and they're already inquiring about you know the turkey trot in november it's got to make you feel good Exactly. Yes. No. It's and it's whether it's our members or people asking about our, our programs and the turkey trot. It just shows the support we have in the community and the support we couldn't couldn't survive without. And to be part of that, whether it be the the turkey trot tradition since 1896, to being able to offer emergency childcare, um, just we're trying to offer as many of the services that we can to, to help the community um, and and be there and and support everyone during this time and doing what we can. So um, back to your original question, it probably looks a lot quieter outside and in our branches, but there's still a lot of activity going on behind the scenes and and gearing up for hopeful reopening uh, in in different phases. So, but it's, it's a change. We appreciate the the patience our members have and our our parents and, and and the kids, the kids have been great in in childcare in terms of being troopers and, and, doing the activities and practicing social distancing and, and so I want to compliment you on your website it really is very user-friendly and uh, speaks to how you deal with folks from the womb to the tomb essentially you're dealing with children all the way to seniors and uh, the, the site is easy to navigate especially if you're looking for food for uh, people who are hungry you've got free meals for kids ages 18 and under and also your classes um, is it hashtag uh, YMCA? Yes, or uh, YMCA, B, hashtag YMCA BN, B is in Buffalo, N is in Niagara. Gotcha. 
support. Uh, and so the, the website is obviously uh, your main source if you were to refer people to it. Is there a phone number as well, or do you refer people primarily to the website? The, the main phone number uh, is 565-6000, uh, 716-565-6000, and our website, ymcabuffaloniagara.org, not .com. All right, Jeff, thank you so much for the time. And I have to be honest with everyone out there. I texted Jeff at 8 o'clock this morning, so last minute agreeing to come on with us. Jeff, thank you so much. Thank, thank you both, and thanks. Keep up the great work and keeping everybody connected. It's, it's incredibly valuable, and uh, I appreciate it, and I think the whole community does. And, Jeff, we will definitely be in touch once the clubs reopen. We'd love to get a uh, firsthand look at how that's going. Absolutely. See you in person. Awesome. Thank you so much. That is thank you. That is Jeff Faulkner, and I, I got to say again, thank you for agreeing last minute. Um, usually, Brenda and I have the show all planned out before Sunday, but had this idea while I was sitting here doing Randy's show, and I thought, you know what? Let's give Jeff a text, see if he'll come on, and very thankful he did. You know, really valuable information, Joe, because when you realize the scope of what an organization like the Y does and all the different locations around the region, you know, there's everything from sports to wellness, summer camps, child care, you know, the food for kids 18 and under. These are essential things that people need to know about. And it's a good reminder for me to know exactly uh, uh, what this organi organization does in our community and even something fun like the turkey trot. You know, there's a lot of different facets to this. And I think it just speaks to how rich the community is with all the different organizations that are here to, to enrich our lives and also to help people in need. Well, and, and Brenda, you know, the Turkey Trot last year, Brian and I ran it for the first time. We, we're looking forward to doing it again this year. Well, God willing, you'll be able to do that. And uh, maybe you'll be six feet apart, but <laughs> at least when you're running, you can try to maintain social distancing. And yeah, you know, it's just a great tradition in Buffalo. And it's funny you said, you know, that time of year, you have the turkey trot and the world's largest disco. Because as yeah. you know, at the end of the turkey trot, the free drinks are at the convention center, which is set up for the world's largest disco. It's kind of like a preview uh, of the world's largest disco on Thanksgiving. Yeah, that really is good synergy, I think, between the two, don't you think? It's, uh, you know, two great Buffalo traditions. For sure, for sure. Uh, 803-0930. Brenda, what do you say we take a break and then maybe take some calls? Look forward to it, Joe. Let's do it. All right. 803-0930, and certainly our text board is open as well at uh, 30930. Yeah, give us a call about how you've adjusted, what you're looking for, and the questions we asked Kevin and Carl. How would you rank the response from county government, state government, and federal government. 803-0930, it's Hardline with Joe Beamer and Brenda Alacy. We'll be back after this quick break on WBEN. Welcome back to Hardline here on News Radio 930 WBEN. It's funny, Brenda and I were talking about a show off the air, and I almost referred to this show as that show. Um, we have a few minutes here, so why don't we take some calls at 803-0930, and we will start down the street in Clarence and talk to Tony. Tony, good morning. Yes, good morning, Joe. Good morning, Brenda. I want to congratulate both of you for putting together a very good show uh, under very trying conditions and situations. You did an excellent job today with what you're presenting to us. I appreciate it. Thank you so much, Tony. Thank you. Yeah, I have a project for you. 
We have had six inspector generals fired by this president. I'd like to see, I do not have a computer. Can't call the library because they're closed. Can't go to the library to research. But I'd like to know why these people are being fired within the last month. The last one, and each of these people who are being fired are fired on a Friday night. Every Friday night, six people have been fired. The last one that's been reported was investigating Pompeo because of something he did using his staff maybe for for things he's not supposed to use them for. Pompeo recommended that this inspector general be fired. That firing took place Friday night. Republican senators and Democratic uh, Congress people and senators seeking investigation into the firings. I'd like to see if you can come up with a reason that an inspector general, by the way, is someone who's supposed to keep the swamp clean. Get rid of the people doing bad things on any side of the aisle. I don't understand six being fired. That's a record, by the way, for a president. No one has ever done that. Well, Tony, maybe the Democrats are right and Trump is just bad at hiring people. Not, those people were not hired by, by, by Trump. They were all hired by other presidents, including Bush and Obama. The inspector general isn't supposed to be a political appoint, appoint, you know, politician. They're supposed to investigate things that are brought to them by uh, the citizens or Congress people. And they have a right to exist in their own world investigating. The president has fired six on Friday nights. Wanda, is that a coincidence? No, you know, and it's interesting that you bring that up, Tony, because typically on a Friday night, it's the news cycle is not in their top, you know, uh, form. In other words, uh, if you want to kind of skirt something under the, the radar, that's when you do it on a Friday night or sometimes on a Sunday morning. But now with all of these political shows, it's not so much Sunday morning anymore. But it's no coincidence that these are happening on a Friday night because that's towards the end of the news cycle and it's not uh, in the prime time. Um, it, it is concerning. I'm reading about Stephen Linick, who was the latest in, inspector general, as you point out, Tony, who was fired uh, this past Friday. And President Trump was quoted as saying he doesn't have full confidence in the appointees serving as inspector general. Uh, and that's why he's decided to fire these several inspector generals. So uh, it is an interesting trend, and uh, I guess we'll have to see what happens. There's no doubt that Mike Pompeo was the focus of this particular uh, IG. He had opened an investigation into him. But there aren't any details that I know of about the scope of the investigation or exactly what he's looking into with Pompeo. And I don't think by firing an inspector general, it's going to make it go away. So I think this story will continue to build and get bigger. And Tony, thank you for the call. We're up against the break. And yes, I was trying to make a joke. It is 1130. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. 
T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. At WBEN. Welcome back to Hardline here on News Radio 930 WBEN. Joe Beamer, Brenda Alacy with you, taking your calls at 803-0930. About 23 minutes left until Governor Andrew Cuomo gives his daily briefing. And again, that'll be live here on WBEN. Brenda, what do you say we go right to the phones? Let's go. Take oh. those calls one at a time, Joe. All right, let's start off in Rochester who is in phase one of the reopening, and it's John. John, good morning. Good morning, Joe. Hey, Brenda. Hello, John. Welcome. Yes. Yeah, I, I got to say, I want to, I, I heard Tony, and I, I like Tony a lot. I think he uh, definitely, he's opinionated, and he's an honest guy. He believes what he believes. But but uh, regarding Trump and the firing of this uh, inspector general, you got to take it from this perspective, that uh, Trump is the victim of the most the biggest corruption scandal, scandal in American history. Uh, this was a silent coup that was perpetrated by Obama's Justice Department, FBI, intelligence agencies. Uh, it, it was unbelievable. Trump's biggest mistake when he took office was he went in there with uh, rose-colored glasses on. He didn't think. Our system, our federal government, the United States of America, had the capability to try such an outrageous act as a silent coup. And uh, this is one of the reasons he's scrutinizing the people within his departments now. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure what Linux, uh, I only didn't appoint this Linux guy, but, but uh, I'm assuming uh, it had to be Obama or Bush. But the, the, my point is this. We've got, we've got the swamp, and uh, I'll tell you, as a citizen, if look what they did to President Trump and candidate Trump and his closest advisors. What what do you think they're going to do to us, or could do to us, if we uh, uh, rub them the wrong way in a certain respect? It's it's scary, and and uh, I back uh, Trump on this. I don't know I don't know the details of it, but. Uh, he's got to be running scared to a certain extent. And uh, I think he did this to protect uh, his office and the integrity of the, of the federal government. What are your thoughts? The thing that concerns me about this, um, John, is how many have been fired. And if, if you feel like that the justification for that is sound, okay. But I want to know, you know, what exactly is being investigated? I think we need to shine a light on this. And it worries me that there have been so many fired in such a short period of time. And even somebody like Republican Senator Chuck Grassley of Iowa uh, issued a statement on the firing saying that it's just you need a written response requiring justification for an IG's removal. Uh, you know, Trump said a general lack of confidence uh, is what prompted the firing, and Grassley is saying a general lack of confidence simply is not sufficient detail to satisfy Congress. So the president certainly has the right to do it, but I'd like to know a little bit more about it. I don't think you can just 
paint it with a broad brush of general lack of confidence. What exactly, you know, required you to fire him, President Trump, is my question. Well, that, that I, I agree with you to a certain extent, but look at the Ukrainian, forgetting, forgetting the Russian hoax, but the Ukrainian impeachment situation, where these, uh, the swap, these people that were infiltrated, anti-Trumpers infiltrated into the, the deep into the government positions, uh, some of the intelligence agencies. Uh, this, this Ukrainian impeachment proceeding turned out to be a hoax in itself. And I think Trump is, is he's being proactive at this point, and he should have done this initially, but he had rose-colored glasses on. The other thing I wanted to comment on was uh, uh, the negativity. Uh, Joe, you brought out uh, uh, Mark Polenkars as being too negative, along with Fauci and uh, I think the governor. Uh, and, there, you know, there's, there's a lot of truth to that. I read a book, a couple books, going back 30 or 40 years ago, and I, I really uh, believe this after reading some of these books, and I kind of practice it over the last 30 or 40 years. One book was called Dead Doctors Don't Lie written by a doctor. Uh, another doctor that wrote a book by the name of Dr. Siegel from uh, California. Now, this is going back 30, 35 years ago. And Siegel especially uh, harped on the uh, psychological damage that the medical profession does to patients. One of the biggest uh, healing powers that an individual has is their psychology and positivity against any type of disease. And he did a, the Siegel did a study, and it was an excellent book. In fact, I gotta I gotta try to dig it out again and read it again. He did a study on uh, the effects of how certain doctors treated their patients and how negatively it affected the ultimate uh, their ultimate healing. So, uh, from that perspective. You need to take a positive attitude to a certain extent if there's evidence for that, and I think in this case there is. Yeah, you know, John, well, uh, all I'm asking for is just give us some hope. You know, the, the NFL schedule came out. John, you're a Bills fan like me. I want. Don't tell me in May that I'm not going to see that schedule played out. Let me at least have some hope going through the summer. And, and you know, Joe, and there's a legitimate argument for it. Uh, even if it involves, uh, thir- you know, 20,000 in the stadium uh, or 10,000 in the stadium, and as the season goes on, ramping it up. I mean, I, so we, we agree on this, this point. I'm a, yeah. As you know, I'm a big Bills fan, too. And I know Brenda is, too. Oh, big time. I, I can't wait. I mean, it, it's the only bright spot, you know, when the schedule came out and, and the NFL was able to walk that draft which I thought was incredible, you know, say what you will about Roger Goodell, but the fact that they could make that work through people's homes was really incredible to me. Um, and it gave us something fun to focus on. I think that's why so many of us are diving into Netflix series and shows that we want to watch. And, you know, Joe and I were talking earlier about the Last Dance uh, documentary on ESPN. It's just a diversion. And I totally agree with you, John, that one's mental health and perspective makes such a difference. Yep. Uh, when you're facing any kind of medical challenge. It, it really, obviously you want the best medical care, but, you know, the mind is a powerful tool as well. So, yeah, you know, there's nothing wrong with having hope. My feeling about Poland cars is it's just his personality. He's a realist. 
he's not the type of guy that's going to give you any sort of false hope. He just sticks to the data. So I think it's more personality-driven than lack of hope-driven in Poland Cares' case. All right. John, thank you for the call. Have a great week. Yeah, go Buffalo. Yeah, go Buffalo. That is John in the Phase 1 Rochester, New York. Now let's come a little closer to home and talk to Ann in Buffalo. Ann, good morning. Good morning. How are you this morning? Ann, I'm doing well. What do you got for us this morning? Okay. Start with Donald Trump. I don't care if he found from sun up to sundown. I don't think he trusts those people. Those people can't be trusted. And he needs somebody in there where he can trust. And those are not the ones. As far as Poland Cross, who knows? Who cares about him? He's a yes man anyway. But I will talk about one. I will talk about what's his day, Como. He's running the biggest scam on the state of New York and you ever want to see in your lifetime. He's so full of it. And he he have lied so much until he really can't get it straight. So he's up here today. He's down there tomorrow. And that's the way this is. This is politics at its worst. And if you live long enough, and I pray that you do, you will see it because it's going to come from under the cover. Everything is beginning to come from under the cover. What's that scripture say? Your sins will find you out. You'll be blessed and have a good day. Hey, Ann, I've got a question for you. Um, what would you want to see from Governor Cuomo in terms of how he's responding to this? Say what? How, how would you want to see Governor Cuomo respond what, what would make you feel better about uh, the governor in this COVID crisis? You know something? I look at it like this. It might sound funny, and I hope it don't. The apple don't fall, fall from the tree. I don't think he could do or say anything because I watched this man. I have watched him, how he conned New Yorkers. I have watched this. I don't think he could say or do anything that was Please me, but one thing, say goodnight, Gracie. And thank you so much for the call. We'll talk this week. Okay. That is Ann in Buffalo. Brenda, what do you say we take a quick break here? Sure, let's do it. I think uh, it's, a, it's a good deal. We're here till high noon, and uh, we'll take this quick time out right now. 803-0930, it's Hardline on WBEN. Welcome back. It is Hardline with Joe Beamer and Brenda Alacy here on News Radio 930 WBEN. On Friday, I talked to Broome County Executive Jason Garner about their reopening as they go into Phase 1. Here is a condensed version of the interview. If you'd like to listen to the interview in its entirety, it's there at WBEN.com. Here's just a few of the questions he answered about entering Phase 1, and then Brenda and I will wrap it up here on WBEN. Looking at the criteria... Uh, that was necessary to reopen your region of the state. What would you say was the most difficult to get to in that seven of seven to enter phase one? You know, I'll say that I'll put that in two categories. Really, you know, the things that the the hospitalization rates those those are not anything directly that that I can do. I mean, certainly they're a result of all of our efforts, right, trying to control the spread. But it's not like I can. You know, press the button and get you know by tomorrow get my my um you know my ICU bed threshold at 30 percent 
but um you know we we here in Broome County and in the southern tier because remember we're looked at as a region we have really um we have really uh not seen the type of infection rates that you, we've certainly seen in downstate and also over where you guys are in in western new york our infection rate is like at um when they did the antibody testing our region was like at uh, one of the lowest regions so we did did not see that so if you look at the hospitalization data we're far below the even you know even what the thresholds are and so what we had to work on was uh the, the two most important things were making sure that we had enough contact tracers and then making sure that we had enough tests because tests are expensive and they're very hard to come by um the contact tracing we actually had a team of three contact tracers that traced infectious disease before this started we now have 50 we've shifted 47 people uh county employees out of their normal jobs and their contract tracers and we have trained another 50 so we'll have a hundred if we need to have it um you know mo moving forward but um you know i think i think the contact tracing and the testing were um you know really the the more difficult things for us for us to do that we had some control over now entering phase one today uh starting to see some of the economy reopen what will that look like in your county and in your region so you know we just like every region you know we did have essential businesses that were open but you know what what that means here is that we're going to be able to see a lot more construction happen the non-essential construction that was uh you know uh, prevented from from happening we're going to see that we're you know we do have a, a bit of manufacturing here that's going to start to open up i was uh you know for example we have a a, a place called macintosh labs they make high-tech uh, sound equipment they're going to be opening up on monday they're getting their employees in to, to to ramp that up so that their employees can come out all back to work on monday um you know, those are the, you know, the retail, we're starting to see a lot of retailers, uh, they, they can't do in-store sales, but they can do curbside pickup. So, you know, they're, they're uh, you know, some of them are uh, ramping up to, to do that. And um, look, it, it, so this is really important. We need to get business uh, back here and, and going and turned on, you know, the the issues that we're seeing with with unemployment people you know unable to bring a paycheck home and pay their bills has been huge it, it goes to the county with the revenues when people aren't going into the restaurants and buying things our sales tax revenues are are down a lot um but so we're really we're really glad that we can reopen but we're we're also a little nervous right so we're we're nervous because you know what is that going to do to the hospitalization rates we i think everybody expects that as people come back to work then you're you're going to see the chance of infection grow and and the whole idea is to make sure that it doesn't get out of control and that our hospitals are not overwhelmed with with what they're what they're getting so um so there's today as we open up this first phase it's a mixture of you know we're we're really happy to see our you know people able to to go back to work again they haven't been able to work for 2 months but we're also a little little nervous as to you know what will what will those numbers bring in terms of covid yeah that was my next question what were you what are you most concerned about going into phase one and the second part of that would be do you expect uh in two weeks that your region will be ready to start phase two so i i you know i'm going to knock on wood because uh, you know in this crisis ever i've always said well it looks like we're doing well in this and then you know the next day something bad happens but um you know, uh, knocking on wood, I, I think because our thresholds are so low, um, you know, I think we've got a lot of wiggle room 
in terms of, okay, you know, we're going to turn that first phase on and, um, you know, maybe there will be a little bit more uptick in infection. But, you know, we're, we're so low with our thresholds as a region. I'm, I think we're in a pretty good position to move to phase two. And, and phase two is the – that's going to be the real – interesting part because the way I'm looking at it, I think a large number of our industries, at least in Broome County, a large number of our, our small businesses are going to fall in that phase. And I, so I think you're going to see a lot of people get back to work under that phase. A lot of people start to come into stores during that phase. And I think, you know, while that's good, it's good that we're, again, getting our, our people back to work. I, I think that's the phase where you're, you're going to see a tendency to see more, more possible in, infections happen. Are you concerned when you get to phase two, which includes storefront retailers and businesses, and like you said, a lot of those small businesses, are you concerned that people from a region like Western New York that has not been to phase two yet, uh, people might start traveling to Broome County and possibly uh, spike those numbers? You know, it's... uh it's a good question. So we're, we're actually, uh, you know, I have uh, my, my mother, all my mother's relatives live out where you guys are. Um, she grew up, uh, they all grew up, grew up in uh, Batavia, which is like half an hour outside of uh, Buffalo. So I'm trying to imagine would, uh, would they come up to uh, come up to Binghamton and take that four hour trip. It's about four hours away to do some of that stuff. Uh, I'm not sure. Uh, maybe if salons were open in phase two, they might, they, they might be flocking to do that because that's the number one question that we have asked of all of our businesses is when our salon's going to open up. Um, we're also about three hours away from the city. So we're kind of like right smack in the middle of, you know, Buffalo and, and New York City. We could, you know, it could be possible. We could see that. I, I just don't see a, a whole lot of people traveling, you know, three or four hours because, you know, some businesses are opened up. And, and I have a feeling that Erie County and, and Western New York will be you know, opening up soon. I know you guys are not one of the, the five regions to do that, but I know your county executive, Mark Poncarts, is working pretty hard up there with the rest of your rest of the elected officials to, to move you guys in the right direction to, to be included in that part. All right, that was part of my interview with Broome County Executive Jason Garner. Again, you want to listen to that on demand, WBEN.com. You want to listen to this show on demand, either WBEN.com or you can go to that cool little rewind button and rewind to anything from this morning here on WBEN. So, Brenda, you know, that's kind of encouraging, right? You've got uh, regions in the state opening. Uh, We have five of seven of the criteria to open. So looking at this positively, uh, we're close. Yes, and I'm trying to keep a positive outlook about it because, you know, as we talked about with uh, John, our caller from Rochester, uh, the power of positive thinking. I, I'm a, a big believer in that, and I try to read something about that every day to keep myself going, too. And, uh, you know, whether you're dealing with the emotional trauma of this pandemic or a physical illness, uh, it's important, I think, to try to have a good attitude or just to, to keep reminding yourself that this will pass and that we'll get through it. And so when you see these metrics improving, you know, five out of the seven for us in Erie County, that's very encouraging to me. Uh, what's not so encouraging is I still have to wait another month to get a haircut, so I'm glad you can't see me. But uh, <laughs> it's uh, these are among uh, the challenges that we're all facing. Um, uh, but I do think, you know, we're starting to see some light at the end of the tunnel. Um, and then, you know, like I said before, Joe, you take two steps forward and one back. I noticed that uh, Mayor de Blasio in New York said that the beaches will not open on Memorial Day. So we'll see what kind of impact that has. Is that a good move? 
probably because I think it would be very difficult to maintain social distance uh, and then not see a spike a couple weeks later. Yeah, it'll I, be. What I, I, I hope people just continue to, you know, be smart about this. Wash your hands. Keep that distance. Wear a mask. It's not a big deal to wear a mask. Just put it on. And then we can have some degree of normalcy again. Yeah, you know, I think people would be more willing. Like, I'm all about wearing the mask. You've heard me. I, 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 it's not that difficult. Does it look silly? Yes. Is it annoying when you have glasses on? Yes. But you know what? If more people would just follow it, we could get to phase one, get to phase two. I am all about wearing a mask if, there's, if I can do more stuff because I'm wearing that mask. You know, so I mean, I'm sorry, go ahead. You know, would it be uncomfortable working out with a mask and gloves on? Yes. But if that's the only way that gyms can reopen, give me the mask, give me the gloves. I'll go in a bodysuit if I have to. You know, I mean, if it's going to help get us open, get the economy open and protect people at the same time, I'm all for it. Here's how I look at it, Joe. I'd rather wear a mask than a ventilator. Exact 100%. 100%. And Brenda, on that note, we have to say... Good afternoon to everybody. Brenda, uh, not here in studio, but the connection was great today, and it's great having you back. Oh, it's been a pleasure. I apologize if you heard my little doggy in the background ringing the bell or barking, but uh, such is life when you're working from home. And uh, a pleasure to be back with you, Joe, and to talk to our listeners. And thanks so much to our guest, Jeff Faulkner, uh, also Carol Calabrese, and Kevin Hardwick. Great show, and thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Thank you, everybody. We will see you tomorrow, this week, here on News Radio 930 WBEN. T Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus ATT and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.